This is the second Freedom Under Natural Law Conference. Welcome and thank you for coming. My name is Chris Jansen. In, in funnel number one, I did a presentation that was called The Ultimate Connection. And if you want to go back and check that out, go to freedomundernaturallaw.com. But The Ultimate Connection was a presentation that was all about good and evil and God and how we all fit in. And what do, what do I mean by end evil? I started a podcast called End Evil back in 2020. It was my purpose to work on teaching others the importance of freedom, on understanding natural law, and to recognize that everything we do matters, and how we treat other people matters, and every little thing we do matters, and also that we're part of a greater whole, that we're interconnected to all of life all around us. And that's why I like to use the tree of life symbol with my end evil productions. Today I'm bringing to you a new presentation that I've been really putting a lot of thought to, and it's called Humanity's Most Powerful Weapon. What is humanity's most powerful weapon? After spending quite a bit of time doing the podcasting, doing interviews, speaking with various folks, I've come to recognize that there are quite a few people out there like myself that have already looked into um, many avenues of research, both conspiratorial on subjects such as September 11th, destruction of the towers or other um, false flag events, the history of the school indoctrination system. Many of us have looked into the corruption of religions and dogma that traps people in belief systems. And that's a lot what I talked about in the ultimate connection. Many of us have looked into the deep state and then beyond the deep state, we have people like Mark Passio who have done incredible work bringing us information, helping us to understand the deeper structure of evil in our society, the one world order. And behind that, we have the dark cultists who are designing these mind ma manipulation techniques. So if all these things I'm speaking of sound familiar to you, they're things you've researched and looked into, then this presentation is really directed at you. You've, you've looked at plenty of podcasts, you've done plenty of research. All, all that we're doing now at this point by watching the news is just recycling the same old thing we already know about. It's slavery, it's humans uh, abusing one another and abusing the right that we all have to choose. So if you've come to make these realizations, well, what do we do now? You know, And that's where I came to this question after talking and talking about these things, you find that it's really hard to make an impact on, on, on the community around us and people that aren't ready to hear this message. So what do we do? Well, that got me to thinking. I've taken a long break recently from my podcasting to really consider what is the message I could put out there that would be valuable and that would really make a difference if we really want to end evil in the world. This is going to take a lot more than just a few people um, putting shows and podcasts online. It's going to take a lot more. And so the more I've thought about it, I've come to some conclusions about what is it really going to take. And what I think we need to employ is our very most powerful weapon. This is what we call people working together. together and yet each of them are doing their own independent action it's kind of a dangerous action too when you think about it big heavy sledgehammers these guys are um, swinging and yet they're coordinated and they have um, trust in one another and they use their timing one thing I've noticed thinking about this video is that I think any one of those guys could probably um, not show up sick to work one day and the other be able to fill in just fine um, there may well be a leader of the crew, but in this situation, there's no leader necessary. Every member of the team knows exactly what to do. And if they all follow through with their job and do it at the correct time, these stakes get pounded in really quickly. And everybody doesn't have to use a ridiculous amount of energy because they're working together and they're um, doing it in a very organized fashion. And this is a good example of what I'm talking about, that our most powerful weapon is as a humanity to fight the tyranny and to um, work towards freedom and to end slavery 
Ending evil is going to require us working together, folks. And teamwork is not a bad word. In our society, teamwork gets a gets a bad name because it's used to describe often things that we have to do by compulsion or that we're forced to do. For instance, in school, when the teacher tells you, you have to work together, you know, she's telling you this by force. So this makes teamwork seem like something difficult and something that we don't want. When in truth, working together, coordinating, cooperating is the only way we're really going to make a difference in this world. And um, I made a short presentation about this called Unity, Focus, and Action earlier this year before I took my break from podcasting. And this was sort of my prelude to the presentation I'm putting out now where I began thinking about this. And I've come to recognize that what we're looking at is a situation where we have an incredible potential to make a difference in the world. And yet that potential is inactivated at the current time because people are basically sitting on their hands rather than putting their hands together, as we see in this picture, and focusing on the same action. The other big problem is that we don't have the same focus, most human beings. However, you and I and the other people watching this conference, like I said, many people have already come to realize the problems in the world and recognize that human choice is of ultimate importance and that freedom, without freedom, we're never going to have peace. And without understanding natural law in terms of, you know, respecting one another's rights and respecting an individual's right to self-defense, without those moral base foundational things in place in all of our minds and psyches, um, we're going to continue down this road of violence and destruction and slavery of the future um, generations of mankind because it's easy to manipulate people that don't have a solid moral base and have solid moral ground to stand on. So what do we do about it? You know, we need to unite is really what it comes down to. But I think most people struggle with this idea of unity because they doubt the power of working together. And so what I wanted to do was point out some of the ways that the great intelligence of the universe teaches us how to work together. Obviously, we're much different than bees, but bees um, can be seen to doing amazing things um, that inquire a high level of organization, coordination, and um, visual part playing its role, just like the gentleman I showed you previously swinging their sledgehammers. Bees all have little different jobs to do, and they all do them very efficiently. And you can see the same thing with ants. I recently went through a battle with ants on my countertop, and they're just um, amazing. Their their strategy and their ability to work alone and then as a group, and you can wipe out um, all the ants or all the bees, and they're going to figure out a way to reform their group and come back and get their food in another way. It's very fantastic to watch. And what it does is it shows us that these type of activities are possible. It's possible for a lot of individual we look at these insects who um, don't nearly have the brain or intelligence that we have, and yet they're able to pull off some very technical things and in groups and in teams and um, working individually and as a team. Now, I think ants and bees do have some sort of, uh, sometimes they do have like a queen of the hive, but you can go out and watch ants or bees behaving and there's not like one ant with a whip telling the other ones what to do or um, threatening to enslave the ones that don't do what's right. Now, don't get me wrong. I recognize that insects and animals are acting on more of an instinctual level. But what I think we can look at nature is, as I explained in last year's presentation, I see nature as the living Bible. And it offers us metaphors and examples of how to do things. So if these little bugs can cooperate and get things done in an amazing way with their little brains, then us with our big, intelligent um, prefrontal cortex, we should also be able to work as teams. And we can, and we do. And I'm going to show you in this presentation some of the ways we do that and some of the ways that we can employ and improve upon. We just need to work these models into our system of freedom. And those of us with minds and hearts that are ready need to start um, really focusing in on what it's going to take to do that. So let's look at how things happen 
in the animal world and in, in, in the ants and recognize that just like the ants, we are not a solitary species. What I mean by that is we don't survive well alone. There's very few individuals that can survive in the wild on their own that even have the skills. But even those that do have the skills, very few of those would have the social ability to be completely alone without other human beings. We are not that type of species. We rely on one another. Um, anything you can think of that we trade, eat, receive in society, we generally, there's some sort of cooperation and coordination that goes on to get the goods from one place to another. I mean, I bet you couldn't think of one thing that you buy or receive that doesn't um, involve la layers of people working together to get it to you. So um, we can't survive all by ourselves is the point here. And especially considering what's happening in the big picture, where we have a global, tyrannical, centralized control um, of evildoers that are increasing their hold on the world and expanding their grasp, um, both technologically and in the minds of people with their manipulations. So we're getting to the point where those of us that want to fight for freedom and are, are going to no matter what, are going to be very outnumbered and we're going to need each other more than ever. And so we don't really have much of a choice at this point in terms of survival, but to work together and learn to um, create teams, groups, tribes, whatever you want to call it, and um, become more cohesive in the way we do things so we don't get eliminated so that the next generations can understand what's going on and that there is a fight for freedom and that that's what's going on. Now, apparently, from what I read, a call goes out in the Amish community and within two days, less than a week, you know, you get hundreds of people showing up to help and they can complete building one of these barns in a couple days. Teams of um, the females that don't do the building prepare the food and I'm sure the younger ones get involved with that process as well. But um, you can also see if you look closely, a lot of the materials are showing up with horse and buggy and you don't see electric cords anywhere. They're doing everything with hand power, which is pretty incredible to think about. And it's hard for me to find examples quite like this in uh, most of society. I mean, I've worked my whole life in construction and it's amazing what we can pull together with a team, even of people that don't necessarily get along so well. Sometimes one or two of them is a drug addict but they still, um, we're still able to get incredible things done in teamwork. And that's the leadership in construction is often not as organized as you would think. So it's possible for people, even in difficult situations to work together. But we can see here in the case of the Amish, um, an example of people that are very organized and they're sharing, they're sharing quite a bit in terms of they live close to one another and they share similar ideals and um, a similar commitment to their community. And with those shared ideals and core commitments, they're able to complete um, fantastic tasks that most of us can't even come close to. Now, I'm not trying to idealize the Amish completely, although I do look up to them. I don't recognize that it's good to force dogma upon other people, and I, don't, I wouldn't see myself living in a community that um, forced me to believe the same thing that everybody else believe or wear the same clothes as everyone else. But like I'm seeing with when we look at the examples in nature of teamwork, we can extrapolate, we can take from this the aspects that we need and to learn from in order to, to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. There's so much work to be done for those of us in the freedom community, in the health freedom community, in the natural law community, voluntarists, all of us that have come to recognize that the current system of slavery with government is not working out well for anyone. We're all um, ready to make a difference. And many of you have begun speaking out. But what I'm pointing out here is that we're ready to move to the next level. Just speaking out isn't going to do it. That is a big part of the work, but it actually is almost impossible completely by yourself. Um, you can create a show. You can work on it for many years and it's hard to get other people involved if you don't create a tribe or a team or a group. And over time, that's where we need to go as a community if we really want to reach people. And that's what we're trying to do here. 
with the Freedom Under Natural Law Conference, converging people, bringing people together. It sounds like anything that you hear is easier to accept if more people are saying it, more people are on the same page. That doesn't make a thing true, a lot of people saying it, and that's a common a common mistake people make in their thinking. But um, what we need to do is those of us that have similar core values is start working together on a more efficient and large scale in order to change the dynamic in the world. And that's gonna require sharing core values and the currency of trust. The currency of trust is built over time. It's built, built in the things we do. And we have to be careful with who we trust. Otherwise we get burned, right? In the Amish community, they're very trusting one another because they all share similar morals and they don't expect someone to um, do something totally that doesn't belong there because people don't, right? And so that's what it's about for us in the freedom community of being upright people, upright individuals, sticking to our word, doing what we say we're going to do, and um, keeping our promise to people. When we can do those things, we can start to form some very strong connections. And that's what it's going to take to make this difference in the world where we no longer trample on people's rights and we treat people with respect. So let's look again to nature um, in a minute here. First, I wanted to say let this is the lesson that we can take from the Amish. We can have shared values, we can have a commitment to our community, and we can share traditions and family ties. We can um, form together with people that live close to us and start doing traditions, have a work day every two weeks, every week, every month, whatever it takes. And once we work together, we begin to build trust. And when people say they're going to show up and they do, that builds trust. Communication, good communication is a big part of that. You know, I think this is where so many people get stuck is they are like, how can we actually organize without authority? What would hold back all the evil? Well, it would be very difficult if we were just to change things overnight. And that's not the way things are going to go down. It's going to be a gradual process. But those of us that are awake and aware and understand the importance of freedom, we're like these little ants standing around the stick trying to figure out how to move it. Well, how do we do it? How do we organize without authority? Well, what are the actual mechanics of making a project work? I'm going to point out one of the very first things is making a connection with other human beings. And that means connecting with people on, like I said, core values. So we start off by looking for people that share our core values. And then once we make a connection with people, we build that connection with good communication. And then that good communication over time builds trust. And with trust and good communication, we can then actually start working on coordinating and cooperating on projects. What those projects are is, you know, only your imagination can, um, can you can go anywhere you want. We can do anything that we want. We look um, at the history of the world we live in and there's amazing structures been built. We really don't know how people built them in antiquity. There's no explanation. Um, I would assume an incredible amount of technology or an incredible amount of teamwork or both. But it's possible to do things that are currently unimaginable. And we can see it in the animal world. We can see it in the plant world. And there are plenty of things on this earth we can look at to see how people have done massive, amazing things as a group. Um, some of the main ones we see are wars and battles where people were mobilized in mass and committed um, overwhelming destruction. And it's kind of amazing. That is kind of a way of teamwork, even though it's negative. But we can see it's possible. In those cases, it's usually done by convincing people of some sort of fantastical story so that they will um, give up their life. And what we need to do is be resilient to these fantastical stories and learn how to actually work together on things we care about. Well, how do we do that? Well, I, I made this slide to point out that it's actually fun to work as a team, especially when you care about what you're doing. And if you really do care and you're passionate, um, a small group of people can captivate the minds of many. That's what's being done on the mass scale with like the Disney movies and the Hollywood propaganda. It's got um, the mass large percentage of population completely fooled into um, believing in 
basically moral ambiguity that there, that nothing matters and you can do everything you want. It's okay to be full of greed and it's okay to steal from other people in the form of taxes. So if we want to train and teach the next generations that that's not the way things have to be, then we need to work as a team and dramatically express and explain and teach others the truth behind the lies that are being fed. We need to be putting out better productions than those in power and not doing it in a manipulative way. And what's amazing is if we are working as a team and we are on the same page, we're doing it because we care from our heart, not because we're coerced into doing it. And that could supply us 10, 20, 30 times the amount of productivity and efficiency because everybody on the team is there because they want to be. Not like school where you're forced to be there and it's drudgery or work where you have to be there to pay your bills, otherwise you're gonna fall behind not be able to pay your taxes. If we're, those of us that are doing this, um, like all the presenters on the One Great Work Network, um, all these wonderful presenters over time that have brought us this important information, most of them have done it on their free time and maybe found a way to get themselves paid, but they started out with their willingness and their desire because they cared. And if we're coming from a place of care, we can be more powerful than the evildoers who right now are basically um, totally defeating us, and we need to take some lessons from them. Look how effective military teams are. They are more effective than teams of loving people. For the most part, they can get more done. You take a team of Navy SEALs and you put them on a project, they're gonna knock it out a lot faster than a team of um, random freedom activists. I can almost guarantee it. Not many of us freedom activists have practiced or trained together or worked on higher level skills like completing an operation together, like um, defending a life together, like um, creating a movie together, making a documentary to teach. These are some of the projects we could be working on. How about creating a school for teaching natural law to children? You know, there's plenty of awake, aware adults who have the ability to do such thing, and yet they're not doing it. They're sitting on their hands while the military is out there invading and bombing and taking over more of the world, people like us are sitting around wondering why the world's an evil place. It's because we're not taking the time to focus together. And so that's what I'm talking about. We need to focus the way these military teams, we need to focus the way that actors do. And it's really not as hard as it sounds. It's really just one thing at a time, just like the bucket brigade. You get enough people together, they're all there for the same purpose. You just hand the bucket from one person to another, and pretty soon, you know, you can move all the water you need, whether it be putting out a fire or building something. I, I was personally had the opportunity to help on a project in Mexico where we were building a block house, and there must have been 30 people standing in a line, and we shipped hundreds of concrete blocks from the trucks as they delivered them. And the house was built in no time. It was fantastic and amazing to see with very little tools. What can be done with just people standing in a line and handing things across, you know, and that's really what it comes down to is really what we need to do in terms of working together. Once we get past the communication and making the connections with people, then it's just a matter of each of us playing our part and doing what we're best at and handing the project on to the next person. But in order to get to that point, we need to focus together on the same project. And what is that project? That project is freedom. No other project matters. You know, if we continue to get distracted and fooled, arguing about all kinds of little details of what's in the news or what's going on in the alternative news cycle at the moment, we're get caught up in a disaster of petty issues that really don't affect the whole. What we really need to be concentrating on is the fact that we're getting defeated and the fact that we're losing our freedom by the day. If we're not all on the same page about freedom, we're, we're lost, we're divided. And that's the only thing that we really need to be united on is natural law and freedom. That protecting each human being has a right to protect themselves. That's, that is self-defense. And when we understand that and we um, unite and focus on those principles, we're not so easily defeated. But currently, we can see how, um, you know, this picture I thought shows a good example of these planes flying in the formation like I was showing the birds. 
See, the military has caught on to the organization of nature, and they're using that to their advantage. And, and those of us that are working towards freedom are, are way behind on this. So we need to catch up and recognize that it's much like the times in early America where if we don't unite, we're going to be defeated. We already are. But there's hope in that we're still alive, I'm still speaking, and you're listening right now, so we have a chance. And let's use that as motivation to make the difference. Now, when I'm talking about reaching out to other people and connecting with other human beings, this isn't just as easy as picking the first person you find on the internet. And, um, you know, you, I'm not saying don't reach out to people. You're going to have to reach out to people to find the right people. But as you're doing this, recognize that networking is um, a careful process. Um, we see here with the fish, how they work together in the ocean. By, by having lots of the fish, they protect themselves from bigger enemies. That's how they feed and catch their food, is by moving in a certain way as a group. Again, these are examples of how um, survival works in nature. And this is about our survival, that we, those of us that recognize the importance of freedom, natural law, we want to swim together to protect one another. We want to become a school that um, is united and focused in the same way so that the sharks can't eat all of us one by one, right? And so while we're doing this, we're going to start talking about something that I'm calling a natural energy exchange. And this is recognizing that every individual is necessary and crucial. If any one part of this group decides that it's better than the rest or it doesn't need the rest, it, it destroys the cohesive structure of the group. And you can tell this in people you work with because they drain your energy. When you um, spend time with someone who's doing a natural energy exchange, you put some time and energy into a person and then they put some time and energy into you. you they listen to you talk and then you listen to them talk. There's an exchange when you Leave hanging out with someone who's an energy vampire. It leaves you feeling drained and sucked of all your energy, right? Maybe it's just one bad day for that person. But if somebody continues to show up as an energy vampire, you don't want to keep giving it to them. You want to spend your time with other fish that are swimming in the same circle you're swimming in that are interested in networking and working towards what's best for all, that understand that each individual is important, not that they're better than the rest. So we're going to get into a little bit more of that discernment of people, but I just wanted to point out that it is um, a process of networking that is requires paying a lot of attention to the natural energy exchange that happens between people. I brought in this slide. One of my favorite movies is The Princess Bride. And the men in black, he shows up, the pirate Robins, what, Roberts, I think it was. Yes the Dread Pirate Roberts. He shows up to save the princess and he has to climb the cliffs of insanity hand over hand. He has to fight the swordsman, the Spanish swordsman. Then he has to defeat the strong man, Andre the Giant. And then he has to defeat the leader of the group with his skills of intelligence and reasoning in order to reach the princess. Now this is very similar to the obstacles we face in the world. We have mental obstacles, spiritual obstacles, and physical obstacles in the way of the path towards ending evil, towards bringing about freedom for humanity. There's no easy path forward. We have to become trained. We have to become skilled, and we have to be more intelligent than our enemy. So this requires um, a lot of individual work to get to the point where when you show up to the Cliffs Insanity to face this enemy of evil, that you have the training, the skill, the agility, the intelligence, all these things, your mental, physical, and spiritual self in order to be a powerful member of a group, to be part of um, any battle. You know, each soldier has to be trained. And so we are part of a war, a spiritual war that's going on. So that requires a lot of, a lot of input of your time and energy and skill in order to get to the point where you can actually make a difference. So this means getting good at your internet skills. This may mean working on your social skills. This may mean um, getting outdoors more and meeting people in your community or your local area. These are all things that take will, willpower. And it takes practice and training before you can go up against the problems that you're gonna face. It's, there's no easy path forward. 
And so my point is that we, get, we need to begin building relationships and building trust with other human beings. And that's not done from your house, behind your computer. It's done from actually doing activities with other human beings, actually being out there, out there out, and being there to hold someone's hand when they need you. And, and um, like I said, choosing people who are worthwhile of your trust that return that same sort of trust to you when you need it. When we do things together, like helping someone move or helping someone with a project that's really important or helping them with a health problem, um, it builds an incredibly strong bond. And this is the type of bonds we need in freedom community to fight this war because we're up against an enemy that's technologically advanced and that's been working for generations to um, have this power differential over us. And many of us are scattered apart. We don't have strong communities. We don't have strong social ties. So we need to build this little by little. And what's really holding us back from doing this? Well, each of us have these big obstacles. And I've come to recognize what these really obstacles that each of us face on our individual level are obstinate thoughts. They're um, jails we've created in our own mind. They're giant problems and fears that we create justifications and excuses to not do the things that we want to do in life. So this is my encouragement to you is to start to recognize what is your big obstacle? What's holding you back from doing the things that you know are right to do that will make the positive difference in the world that you want to see? If you're feeling these obstinate thoughts, these immovable objects, you're having trouble facing reality and maintaining hope, you want to ask yourself, does the, the big obstacle in your way, is it something you've created? Is it something you can simply move aside and let it roll by? Because it may well be, because most of us do this. This is a common dynamic. I've caught it many times in my own life. We create our own problems. And opposition can either strengthen or weaken us. We can be like the superhero, you know, like Spider-Man who gets bit by the radioactive spider, and then he gains the power of being the Spider-Man, right? So just like the superheroes, we can use our traumatic events that have happened to us in our life and our obstacles that are in our mind and use them as motivation to move forward. You know, The enemy of freedom is the tyrannical forces in the world. They have overwhelming power over us right now, seemingly. But if we don't let that problem hold us back and we don't see it as a big problem, we recognize that we can easily overcome it in numbers, then we maintain hope. And we don't let that obstacle hold us back from doing the next step that we need to do. So in the picture there, you see the little guy, you know, um, reaching out to hold that big rock. Obviously, that's a posed picture. And that actually is symbolic of the situation. All you have to do is stop standing there, you know, let that rock stand or roll on its own as it pleases. You know, you don't have to be stuck there anymore. And especially if you get help and find other people that are on the same page as you then we don't have to feel quite so overwhelmed. So being divided, um, falling because we're divided, let this be inspiration to you. Learning from our enemy, let this be inspiration to you. Let this be the motivation we need to move forward and um, kick ourselves in the butt. We are outgunned. We are out-organized. We have a technologically advanced enemy that's, that's um, got all the pieces on the board right now. So that's that's why it's so important for us to begin working together on this problem. We're not going to be able to do it just as one or two people here and there on the internet making little presentations. That's great. Keep doing that. But we need to accelerate our efforts and combine our efforts together and make better projects, higher quality movies, higher quality documentaries, be out on the streets talking to people, creating schools, um, and replacing the structures of society with ones that don't require force and that don't um, disrespect the rights of the individual. So be inspired to change things and to make things better and work on our technological skills so we can catch up and get ahead in order to um, make connections with other human beings, which is the first step in this process of focusing in and creating a team or a group or a network. You could create a mastermind group. You could create a Facebook group. You can create a real life freedom cell group. Um, maybe start off with just having meals together and then work towards doing reading 
research together, then maybe um, outreach on the streets, writing pamphlets about natural law. All these type of things are just suggestions. Your imagination can come up with all kinds of wonderful, amazing things to move things forward in terms of freedom for all human beings. But in order to create any type of team, to create any kind of connection, we all have to work through this problem of meeting other human beings, and some of them aren't so easy to get along with. Many of us have been traumatized by interactions with other human beings that haven't gone well. And it makes us not want to be part of a group. It makes us not want to get with other people because we've already been burned. Now, a lot of that is recognizing the type of people that we're making connections with and not letting certain people into our life, not spending a lot of time and energy on on people that are basically psychotic, okay? Um, you know, everybody's on their own journey. We can't can't help everybody. We have a job to do. We need the people that are ready to do that job. So you don't hire someone to come on a carpentry um, construction job site who's never touched a tool in their life and is afraid of dirt. It's just not going to work out. It's the same type of thing. If you're looking for a team member, you need someone that has the skills to get along with other human beings. And so I've created here for fun, a fun way to look at this, what I call the moral relativism spectrum. And um, another way to put that is the psycho scale. You know, completely psychotic people basically are the ones running our world right now. They're the ones at the very, very top. And, and that's the Sauron emperor, emperor type of individuals that really don't have any empathy or care about other human beings or willing to do anything and everything to reach their desires or power. Now, most people we meet on a day-to-day basis and spend time with are closer to the green side of the scale. You know, um, what I did there was show Pooh and Tigger and Piglet and Owl and Rabbit and Eeyore because they're, um, they're kind of good archetypal characters that show personalities that we see in people, right? Like your average person does have maybe some anxiety or they get too excitable or they um, are a little bit on the lazy side sometimes, but they're good people. They care about everybody. They really care about the group. And that's what we see with Piglet and Tigger and Pooh and that whole crowd. They're just different. You know, they have their personality types. Some personality types clash a little bit. You know, sometimes Rabbit and Tigger don't get along so well. So, but they're not out to kill each other. They're not out to harm one another. They're on the same page. They, they agree on morals, on basic moral. It's not okay to hurt or harm one another. Now, I chose um, Gaston for the center of the scale because he represents to me the, um, the character who is very egotistical and starting to become a narcissist. Not every narcissist is um, a complete moral relativist, but they're starting to get into that scale of moral relativism because a narcissist will excuse or justify bad behavior, blame it on somebody else because they're too good, you know. But, you know, like you can see with that Gaston character, he really wanted to um, serve his community. He wanted to get rid of the monster. He just wanted all the hot girls by his side. And, you know, he wanted the egotistical pat on the back for being the hero. So he was starting to verge on not being a good guy. And so we got to be careful with these characters. Are these the type of people we want on our team? You know, sometimes maybe not. We need to have discernment in who we choose to work closely with, especially if it's an important project that involves um, delicate things, right? Or your personal, something you really personally care about. You're putting your heart into, you want to choose, you know, the Tigger, Pooh, Piglet personalities, Owl and Rabbit, Eeyore, maybe even someone depressed can be a hardest worker you you can't believe. But um, you don't want people that are in it for their egotistical gain and that are willing to justify harmful actions and call it okay. So what you can start to recognize is that when people begin to go on um, moral relativism, in other words, justifying bad behavior, they become the type of person that cannot be an effective team member and they are not going to help you with what you're working on. You know, maybe they'll learn in their own process. Maybe there's good things you can say or share with these people, but I wouldn't recommend um, getting in close with them on a project that really matters. You know, you got the zombie type people that don't really kill you. Um, they're just going along to get along. And sometimes they want to look good and be with the crowd, but they don't really care about what really matters. They don't really have the heart in it. They, um, 
you know, when push comes to shove and things get tricked, I'll be the first one to, um, you know, join in violence or try to steal something for themselves. And they're not the one you want on the team. You know, Daffy Duck, you know, maybe he doesn't belong quite that far on the spectrum, but he really, you know, always very egotistical. He was always in it for himself. He wasn't thinking about what was best for everyone. And that's not what you want on a team, somebody who's in it for themselves and just trying to always look for the angle, you know, for it to work out well for them. So we need to be discerning when we meet people, when we make connections, what type of things do people actually do and say? And, and, and are those things moral? And then you've got the Darth Vader, you know, this guy still has empathy. It's just buried deep. He's been working for the enemy for a long time. You know, eventually Luke Skywalker managed to reach out to him and he saw, you know, that he was wrong. You know, so he's not totally a psychopath yet, but he's a sociopath and he's heading in that direction. And that's not the type of person you want to work with on your project towards freedom. That's someone that needs to do a lot of self-work before they're going to be ready to um, join in this battle. And then they're going to have to decide on their own time. So you set the good example and the people on the red side of the moral rec, the psycho side of the moral relativism spectrum, they may come on their own time, but they're not the ones we want for doing what we're doing right now is form effective teams and make a difference. We're the leaders in this battle that we need to form teams that are really going to put together top quality work that really teaches others. And then that's maybe how these Sauron, Emperor, Darth Vader types might eventually come around. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they just got to die off. But we don't need to um, spend a lot of time being concerned with them right now. We need to be concerned with what we can do in the positive world with our time and energy that we do have and protect our energy. And this, so this is all about protecting that natural energy exchange that I spoke of, of using the discernment and being able to recognize where people are at on the moral relativism scale because moral relativists cannot be worked with because you do not agree with them on core values. So what you're looking for is more like the poo, right? The patient people, people that have calm, caring, curious, fun-loving people, right? That exemplify these type of character attributes. People that exemplify vengeful, spiteful, angry, malicious, and violent intent are not going to be good team members. And they're the people that you want to avoid for the most part for the sake of getting things done. That doesn't mean we don't care about them and hope for them, you know, but it means that we're not going to waste our time trying to teach them natural law when they're obviously moral relativists, okay? They're going to have to learn those lessons the hard way. So when it comes to doing what I'm talking about, focusing, we want to focus on the people that have the skills, the intelligence, and the willpower, and that share the core values. And the word religion, I've seen the lunacy of fanatics of every denomination we call the will of God. Holiness is in right action and courage on behalf of those who cannot hear themselves. And goodness. decide to do every day you will be a good man or not come I really like the part of that um, clip where he says your heart and your mind and he points to the gentleman and tells him that really every moment you decide what's right and what you do and the choices that you make and it's your heart and your mind. It's not your beliefs. It's not your religion that decides what's right. It's what you actually do in this world. And so the action aspect of this presentation is really all about your inner work and what you have to do to be an effective member of the team, to build up yourself to the point when you can handle your own emotions and problems and not bleed them onto everybody else everywhere you go. Because we're all traumatized by the lifestyle we live and living in this culture, of slavery that we've all lived in for so long that we all have a lot of emotional issues. Many of us have been through traumatic life events. Um, we've been with people that have physical abuse, alcohol abuse and such. We've broken families, broken homes. We've all lived through um, many abuses. And so 
Now what we need to do is master our own inner child and deal with our own inner traumas and take our own bull by the horns. Often someone will say, oh, you said such and such, and that made me feel mad, and that's why I did such and such. So as if it's somebody else's fault. But the truth is, your emotions are your responsibility. Now, if someone harms you, you have every right to defend yourself. Self-defense is one of the biggest parts of this whole thing, and that also applies to emotional self-defense. When someone's attacking you emotionally, you need to stand up for yourself and put a stop to it with good communication. Communicate what your needs are to people that are close to you. And you don't want to, like I said before, spend a lot of time with people that are vampires that are taking from you. So that's up to you to respect your field, you know, to, re to um, respect your value and not let people trample on you. But facing your deep issues and your traumas is part of your responsibility to build yourself up so you can transcend some of the BS in this world and be at a level where you can join another group or where you can work together with other humans and make connections and be able to get along with them without getting confused what's your trauma and um, why you're losing control of your mental ability to communicate with another person or why you're getting triggered. You know, you need to have a good hold of these things. That's your bolt to grab by the horns. So once you do that, then that puts you in a place where you can be um, a valuable team member, where you can help others. And a big part of that is recognizing the trauma cycles that we all go through in life and that we've all experienced. Many people um, grew up in households where they were physically, sexually abused. And the tendency then is to follow in that path and do that same abuse in the future to someone else or seek it again yourself. So often we see this happening to people, yet in order to get out of that cyclical cycle, we have to face our trauma. We have to face our fears head on, face on, and, and stop falling for the mistake. You know, we see in the cartoon when Charlie Brown comes to cook the, kick the football, every time she pulls the football away and he falls on his back. This is like our relationship with ourself and our relationship with the government that um, continually takes from us and we keep falling for the same trip over and over and over. You know, it. You, you pay your taxes, you do your voting, and you think it's going to help, and they're just pulling the football away, and you're falling down again. It's not really helping you. It's not really for you. It's for the tyrannical leadership. All these things in society that um, are pulling us down, we're often contributing to by continuing to pay into these things, by continuing to go to these indoctrination-type centers and continue to pay in these systems. So um, removing ourselves from these systems requires a higher level of teamwork because we need to create alternate systems of ways that do things that don't involve force, where people have a choice to say no, you know, that can voluntarily be part of something or not if they don't want to. We can organize ourselves and form groups just like um, small companies do that want to build a business, that want to build a home or want to build anything. It can be done. We see it get done. The only difference is we want to do these things without coercion and think about how much better our groups would work if we were cohesive and we were all on the same page doing it because we cared about it. Well, that's going to require each of us first working through our own personal issues. And a big part of that is recognizing that in every moment you're telling yourself a story. A lot of us live in our imagination. We tell our own tales. But the truth is, the only moment that really exists is the moment you're living in. Reality only exists right now, right now, right now. Whatever's in the past or the future doesn't exist anymore or doesn't exist yet. And most of it is just storytelling. So to become powerful, strong individuals that, that are um, confident in ourselves and we understand our own value, that means we stop telling these stories that society's telling. We recognize that the powers that be, the tyrannical forces in place, they're telling stories through the media. They're telling stories through their propaganda, and people are just believing those stories and living those out and continuing to tell those stories in their own head when what we need to be doing is writing our own story. Um, and that's partly having the, the hope and the imagination of working together on um, good things that don't harm others, that allow people to make their choices and do things as they as they think best. And there's ways we can mutually benefit. So a lot of that too is 
is how we program ourselves. You know, when we say to ourselves, oh, I can't do it. It's too hard to meet new people. It's scary to connect with people, right? Uh, I've already met too many people that are assholes and I'm not going to take a chance. You know, these are us telling us negative stories that are reinforcing and programming the outcome that we're going to receive. So if you want to become part of the change, um, part of the programming you want to put into your head is, I can be part of a group of people that are ending evil. I can form a powerful team that makes a difference in the world. We can work towards freedom. We can create alternate systems that provide education for children in such a way that we don't rob them of their soul and their spirit. You know, we can do these things. We have to tell ourselves that we can do these things. And that's part of the focus aspect of this journey. And when we begin to tell ourselves a better story and quit believing the justifications and the stories that we've been told or we've been telling ourselves, then we get on the path towards the future that we want to imagine. And it's really up to us to have the willpower to do that and the imagination to tell a story that's worth telling. So part of the way to get out of that past problem is getting to the very root of the problem, looking at where the trauma you're dealing with originates. And when you do that as an individual, then you're able to really deal with that problem. Oftentimes we see things that happen to us in our childhood and we look back and we're still living out these traumas over and over and over. And um, it's causing a trigger in our life. Every time we get close to someone, we haven't yet gone back and recognized the root of the problem and really thought about that and faced that fear. And once you do that, it allows you to transcend those problems. And then you're um, a free and clear individual who's in alignment with the moment, you're full of energy and vibration, and you have energy to share. And then you can join that natural energy exchange that I described and be part of this team, this wonderful group of people that are trying to make a difference in the world. And um, you will have plenty to offer because you have that energy offer. So um, as far as the self-work, this is a huge part of it. You know, we're trapped in our own head with these uncomfortable, unproductive, and unrealistic thoughts. Many people these days are sitting at home on their computer um, thinking about things by themselves. Until you reach out to other human beings and bounce your ideas off them and, and um, actually have long three, four hour conversations with people, you're not gonna get anywhere on a lot of these things. Um, you can, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of inner work to be done, but at a certain point, we find ourselves arguing with ourselves or going back and forth on conversations that are unproductive. If you're feeling like you're trapped in your own head and you're dealing with uncomfortable and unproductive and unrealistic thoughts, you need perspective, really. And um, perspective is stepping away from a thing. Perspective is getting other people's opinion. Perspective is being willing to give up something that you've been really holding on to. So getting out of your he own head is a real big key to being able to be part of a group or to make a connection with another human being. Um, you have to be willing to be accepting of new ideas and to be able to put some ideas aside that are really important to you because they're actually inhibiting your ability to get along with others. You know, some things we don't want to put aside, freedom for instance, but other things we don't need to argue about and regurgitate because we have a more important problem and that's slavery, human slavery, right? That's getting worse. Our children will wind up in the matrix, you know, um, trapped in tubes if we don't do something about this. The time is now. So here's a solution, you know, um, action you can take, actions you can take. If you're having mood problems, you're having trouble getting along with other people, get out in nature, get some exercise. Um, Friendships are that you already have, people that you trust, are a great way to deal with problems. You help your friend out, you know, go for a long walk, somebody listen to their problem, then they're going to be there for you when you need it. Nature, I always find, is the best way for me to deal with these problems. You get outdoors and things feel a lot better, especially if you do some heavy, vigorous exercise that deals with a huge amount of mood problems and emotional issues. Um, you have to have the determination and the will to not want to be in a terrible mood and to really want to do the right thing and to want to see yourself as a hero. You have to believe in yourself ultimately. And that's part of what I said of getting out of your head. Sometimes it helps to get out in nature, do something really physical or spend some time with other people. And um, maybe even people you haven't met before, 
you know, push your boundaries a little bit, break out of your shell a little bit. And this will give you a feeling of gratitude, of thankfulness for the love that you receive, for the beauty you see when you're in nature, and for how good your body feels when you, when you give it vigorous exercise. And you will find that your focus and your attitude changes completely when you do these things. So those are just some hints and tips. But ultimately, what I'm trying to um, do myself is build a network. What I'm trying to encourage you to do is build a network. The freedom community needs to build a network. You know, if we're not strong and we're easily divided, there's no way that we're going to stand a chance because what we're going up against right now is an incredible network of of manipulation and generations and generations of families that have been um, working on this process of enslaving the human race. And so in order to have a chance against them, we need to actively be building our network. How does that happen? Number one, you make a connection with somebody, one other person. If that person doesn't work out, you can't maintain that connection, you try another person making the connection with that people, you know, that person. You communicate back and forth until you build trust. You plan something together. Maybe you get together for a meal. Maybe you get together to watch a movie. You do some activities together. Then when you start to build a certain level of trust, then you can begin coordinating and cooperating on a plan. So it starts with good communication. It starts with making a connection. And then the other things proceed forward with your determination and your will to not give up. And along the way, use your discernment. You know, you don't want to be... Um, just constantly putting out more energy than the other people in your group. And if so, then you need to look for other group members that, that are willing to help pull their weight. Each of us must carry our own weight. Of course, some are always going to need help. There's always going to be people that are sick or weak or elderly, and we need to help those people, and we can. Most of us have a little bit of extra to give, especially if we're going through the processes and procedures I'm describing, of keeping our bodies strong, keeping our mental self strong, and working on our spiritual body as well, then we'll be able to give a little bit and be generous. And that actually makes you feel good and it actually makes you stronger as long as you maintain that balance like we talked about in the video. You know, you don't want to be trying to maintain balance with a bunch of Sauron, Darth Vader, moral relativists who are trying to steal from you. That's just not going to work. You're not going to be able to be generous to those people because they're just going to keep taking from you. So using your discernment, making connections with the people that reciprocate and that understand the natural energy flow is the way we're going to make this difference in the world and is the way we're going to form teams and groups and tribes, whatever you want to call them, to make a difference. And then the last piece of um, advice and tip I want to give you is to get your downloads from the source. All truth exists within the universe. You know, all truth, with, all truth exists within you. So if you get yourself in the right place, if you can meditate, you can get in nature, you can get your body in alignment, you know, at a high vibration where you fed it well, you're not putting poisons in it, you've detoxified your body, you're going to get natural thoughts and feelings that are going to help lead you in positive directions. You can get your downloads from the source. It's very possible. I've experienced it. Many people I've talked to have experienced it. Sometimes you get the tingles all over. Sometimes you get this incredible feeling of joy. Sometimes ideas and thoughts just flow into you. But the only way for that to happen is to turn your body into an antenna that's in alignment with the universe. So that means you're not harming people. That means you're not lying. That means you're actively trying to do good things and working from your heart and your mind, as the man spoke of, in each moment. Um, with your willpower. So if you do this good work and you work on yourself, you get your downloads from the source, you work on your natural energy exchange, you use discernment in making these connections and building trust with people. You show up when you say you're going to be. You know, you be honest. Be the person you say you're going to be. Get out of your head. Deal with your own personal traumas. Then we can do what we need to do to make the future that we want to see. And actually, to make the reality in the moment begins to come true. I've actually been experiencing that in my life. The longer you focus and put action into the things that you want to see in the world, the more you're going to begin to see them manifest. But it's not going to happen without the unity 
without the focus and without the action. So it's really up to you. And don't join arms with um, evildoers and people that are moral relativists because they're not on the same side you are. Some of them seem like it, but they're not. And you only can tell by what people do and their actions over time. So I would like to in, um, encourage you to never give up, to keep trying, to work towards finding other freedom lovers in your local community as close as you can. Join arms with them. Work together. Find the solutions. Use your imagination and employ the best and the most powerful weapon that we have as humanity, and that is the power of unity. Thank you.